here you see the businesses that were under the protection of the name that should not be spoken. You can say Jabba. Under the protection of Jabba the Hutt. He's dead. He can't hurt you. I was concerned that you would feel insulted. Why would I feel insulted? Because you felt threatened. Well, now I am insulted. Uh... Greetings, Bucketheads. Welcome to another Book of Boba Fett Wednesday. Mavar Tigar. This is the 124th Hover Vespa writing episode of MandoVision. Nargai Tom. And thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. You know the best way to find us. It's on social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show. MandoVisionTom at gmail.com Please make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing, and following the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And hey, if you have the time and the inclination, five-star reviews, an insanely great way to help shows, especially small independent podcasts like us, stand out, not get lost in the shuffle, and defeat the tyranny of the algorithm. We truly, truly appreciate your time and efforts in doing those things. Well, we're here again, like I said, it's Book of Boba Fett Wednesday, Chapter 3 is here, and let me tell you what, the monitoring I've been doing on the social medias has been interesting, divisive, colorful. <laughs> um, I don't know what to process about everyone's sort of collected feelings. A very mixed review, very mixed bag after, after what was uh, sort of like a universally praised episode uh, with Chapter 2 for the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, this week, and, and maybe maybe unfairly, expectations have been raised to a higher level uh, for this third installment. And and uh, you know, we—if you're a longtime listener of the podcast of Mandovision, you you know our sort of our sort of standard take on things is is to have a more positive spin on 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 uh, Star Wars and not get into too much of the negative stuff, right? You know, we wanna we wanna be honest, we wanna be critical. But we don't want to tear things apart. We don't want to tear things down and, and tear the people down who made Star Wars for us. Um, you know, and it, sometimes that's a difficult balance, right? Because you, again, being critical sometimes implies a certain amount of negativity. Um, and that's not the case. With this chapter of the Book of Boba Fett, what I want to say right off the mark is 
I liked this installment of the Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett. I dug this chapter. I enjoyed it very, very much. There were, however, choices that I disagreed with. And, and we're going to talk about those choices. And we're, we're going to kind of explore uh, why. Why me as a person, as an individual, didn't agree with the storytelling choices that were made here. Before we get into those, into, into, into right, kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of the episode and kind of breaking it down, uh, probably in a bit of a different way than we have in the past, I don't know how much we're going we're to explore uh, the beat-by-beat, nut-by-nut, nut-by-nut, nut, nuts and bolts of the episode. Uh, because there, 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 there's a lot to a lot to talk about it in a different manner tonight, and and I hope you'll indulge me as as we kind of talk about the show in a in a probably a, a different manner than we have in the past when we do these 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 episode reviews and breakdowns. Uh, before we get into that, though, before we kind of like dive head first into this episode, one of the things I wanted to address, and um, you're you're gonna hear uh, on on Monday on Mondays. Star Wars: The Clone Wars rewatch episode. Uh, I sort of launched into a bit of a, 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 I don't know if it's soapboxing necessarily, but I do dive into a, a, I, I sort of launch into a tirade about spoilers and and how uh, everyone has has you know again we've had two seasons of The Mandalorian and the majority of people seem to be pretty good about holding off on spoilers until after the weekends right because that, that that show was dropping on Fridays. And we wouldn't get spoilers necessarily posted uh, until Monday. Uh, that has gone out the window with the Book of Boba Fett. And, uh, and uh, it has gone, I think, to the nth level, the next level with, with today's episode. As, as massive spoilers were, were just blasted all over social media uh, you know, early this morning. Uh, and so if you hadn't seen the episode yet, uh, you knew what to look for. You knew... Who might be on the show? What might be on the show? And uh, that's a real bummer. And and so I'll talk more about that. You'll hear more me talk about more about that on Monday. What I wanted to focus on today, before we dive into the episode, as, as sort of our lead in here, is uh, right now on social media. Again, this is this episode so far is receiving very mixed reviews. Uh, you know whether whether you agree or disagree. And and again, you don't have to like the episode if if you don't like it. It, that's not a problem. Remember, we, the Manda Vision podcast is for all opinions. All all opinions are welcome. You know, I, I do ask that you have a, a supporting a thesis for why you don't like the episode. You know, just back it up. That's all I want to know. And 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 that's cool. And we're going to be all good. You do not have to like, and you do not have to agree with me. Uh, and 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 that's the kind of community that we want to foster here on the show. But. What I've seen a lot of on social media, and and I don't believe the listeners of this fine podcast are in this group at all, because uh, the the people that I've had interactions with who listen to this show are are smart, savvy people who who are willing to recognize like, all right, this is chapter three of seven. Let's see how things play out. And and again, you don't have to like each individual chapter. Like there's there's highs and lows, and again, I have criticisms for this one as well. But the amount of of, of criticism and a, and a fair amount of vitriol that is being directed to this episode's director, one Mr. Robert Rodriguez, is completely unfounded. And that's just my opinion. But anyone who's attacking Robert Rodriguez uh, because they think this episode is subpar or weak, uh, no, 
no, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. Uh, uh, and and, to, and to, to support my argument, I will refer to The Mandalorian Season 2. The episode that Robert Rodriguez directed was one of the best of the season. All right, I believe it was chapter, uh, not chapter 7, uh, but the 7th episode in that season. Uh, uh, when, when Grogu is kidnapped by the Dark Troopers and, and, and taken to Moff Gideon. And Boba Fett, you know, goes to get his armor from Din Djarin. And he wrecks house on those stormtroopers with his Durfee stick. It is a fantastic episode of the show. One of the highlights of season two. So anybody who's out there posting that Robert Rodriguez has no business directing Star Wars because he's the director of Spy Kids, get out of town. Check yourself before I wreck yourself because you are nuts. And, and Robert Rodriguez, I don't know why people have, have, have sort of like... Um, diminished Robert Rodriguez's film portfolio to like the director of Spy Kids and uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Like, no, no, no. Like, this guy directed El Mariachi and Desperado and Once a Time in Mexico. Uh, he did Half of Grindhouse with Quentin Tarantino uh, uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Like, this is a very accomplished film director. And if you're trying to convince me that Robert Rodriguez has no business directing Star Wars... I, I cannot more vehemently uh, disagree with you. You are so, so wrong. And that's just my opinion <laughs> on your opinion. And, and I, hope, I hope we can have a discourse, a civil one, uh, about that. But it, the, the, the flaws in this episode, uh, I, I think you could trace back to a storytelling perspective, to the, to the story itself. And this episode is written by John Favreau. But can we criticize John Favreau? Apparently, we cannot. Uh, John Favreau is now considered to be like the savior of Star Wars. Uh, what he does is flawless, and and, and apparently, according to a, a certain percentage of the internet who's attacking Robert Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez took John Favreau's story and ruined it. I don't think John Favreau told a very good story in this episode. Uh, it again, it's it, I like the episode by and large, but there are some fundamental flaws in it, and I will talk about those when we get into the breakdown. But if you're mad about this episode, if you're upset or disappointed, or you think something didn't go right, don't attack Robert Rodriguez. The man had a story and a script to work with, and it's from John Favreau. And, and as much as we all want to worship at the altar of Favreau and Filoni, uh, they are human people. They are not infallible. And sometimes choices are made. And, 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 and uh, you know, again... This is still only the third chapter of seven. Let's see how this lands, and then we can reevaluate once we sort of know the whole story. This episode, again, there are things that I want to talk about that I have concerns uh, from a storytelling perspective and, and, and just a general thematic perspective, too. And, and, but by and large, I still like the episode. But I'm like, huh, that's a choice. That was, you know, I see something on the screen. I'm like, that is an interesting choice. I wouldn't have done that. But guess what? They don't pay me to write the, the book of Boba Fett. They don't pay me to direct the book of Boba Fett. So all we're doing is, is, is we're, we're being fans and, and we're having a conversation. And that's what I want us to do. I want us to stay civil. I want us to talk about the show. And, and, and we can agree. And we can agree to disagree. That's all that, that's, that's, that's what we're doing here. So whether you like this one, whether you didn't like this one, let's stick around. I hope you stick around and hear my point of view. 
And and please, by all means, engage with me on social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can do a, a, a long form diatribe against me or f- supporting of me <laughs> at MandoVisionTom at gmail dot com. And and uh, again, civil discourse. We are trying to uh, uh, foster a positive community for Star Wars fans. I, I I just I just I don't have it in me anymore to deal with uh, 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 the haters. Let's see where the show goes. If if by the end it's a colossal failure, we can talk about that. I'm willing again. I'm willing to be honest. You know, I'm not uh, as as much of a diehard Star Wars fan as I am. I I do not believe myself to be a, a sycophant. <laughs> if it's if it's not good, I'm I'm more than happy to talk about it not being good and why it's disappointing. Uh, and 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 Lord knows again, if you're a longtime listener, many of you know my thoughts on Rise of Skywalker. And 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 um, again, while I haven't dove, dove into that full full bore, <laughs> I've made enough allusions to the fact that like Rise of Skywalker, not my favorite Star Wars movie or of 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 them all. And and so I wanted to preface that as we dive into this episode. If you want to blame Robert Rodriguez, you can, but you also need to put John Favreau in the same group. All right, it's it, TV, streaming, movies, the whole thing. It's it's a collaborative process. The director, the writer, the whole thing. It, it it's all together. You can't you can't roast Rodriguez while you're still praising Favreau for for saving Star Wars. And I guess that's really what I'm trying to get at. All right. All right, enough of that. Let's talk about the episode in particular because there are some interesting things to talk about. Uh, highs and lows, it's a bit of a rocky road, but this episode also uh, does a lot of table setting. There's a lot to get into. There's a lot to pull apart and, and a lot to, to speculate on. Uh, this is an episode full of, of Star Wars Easter eggs from, from Ralph McQuarrie references. Uh, you got a Pelimoto cameo in the Moss Eisley. Uh, uh, you have a, a, the, the droid carriage thing that, that was toting Anakin and Padme around on Tatooine. I mean, there th- this episode is, is just rife with, with callbacks. Uh, uh, you got the Bomar monks, you have uh, the Womp Rats and, and, and the, the little frog guy who eats everybody. And, and hey, what else? We, we got the Stormtrooper helmets on the pikes that we saw back in The Mandalorian in Season 1. I mean, it's just, again, callbacks, visual references that we know before. So many, many things. And and we're going to talk about that on the other side of the bump. I know I've run a little bit long in the intro here, but I, I just, one of the things that really irked me while while checking out social media this afternoon was the number of people that were, seemed to be coming after Robert Rodriguez for this episode. And again, this man directed one of the finest episodes of The Mandalorian Season 2. And now you're going to come after him because you didn't like the swoop gang in this episode. Or you didn't like the way certain things were shot, or you just didn't like the overall story of this episode. Um, he didn't write it. Somebody else did, and we all know who it was. So if you want to attack Rodriguez, you attack Favreau too. Just be even. All I'm asking you to be even, all right? That's all I'm saying. All right, let's get into the episode proper. Let's talk about things. Let's do it. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. After the sail barge disaster, there was a power vacuum. Bib Fortuna assumed Jabba's mantle. Under Master Bib's watchful eye, Moss Esper was divided amongst three families. The Trandoshans took the city center, the Aquilish, the workers' district here, 
and the Clactonians, the Starport and Upper Sprawl. Master Bib did not have the power of Jabba, so he relied on uneasy alliances to preserve his tribute and title. All of this while lining the pockets of Mayor Mog Shears. Where does that leave us now? Everyone is waiting to see what kind of leader you are. All right, as we did not do the episode uh, introduction proper, let's do it right now. Again, Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 3, The Streets of Mos Espa. This episode, written by John Favreau, directed by Robert Rodriguez, our plot. Boba Fett must deal with two very different threats. Our top cast this week, Tamar Morrison is Boba Fett, Ming-Na Wen is Fennec Shand, Matt Berry is 8D8, the voice of. Stephen Root is Lorth Appeal. Sophie Thatcher is Drash. Jordan Bolger is Scad. Carrie Jones is Black Crusantin. Danny Trejo as the Rancor Keeper. Yes, that is right. Danny Trejo is in the Star Wars universe before me. And uh, I never thought that would... <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love Danny Trejo. But the fact that I'm saying Danny Trejo is in the Star Wars universe blows my mind. Though it does make a certain amount of sense that Robert Rodriguez would be the one to bring him aboard. So why not? Machete himself, now in the Star Wars universe proper. Uh, David Pascasi, I'm, I'm never going to say your name right, sir, I apologize, as Mokshaz's Major Domo, Frank Trigg as the Gamorrean Guard, Colin Haynes, the other Gamorrean Guard, Daniel Logan as Young Boba Fett, Javier Jimenez as the Tuscan Chief, Jonah Bennett as Tuscan Warrior. This goes on and on and on, and these people, some of these people barely are in this episode. All right, we'll stop there. Again, Moxie's has made her demo is the last major character we need to, we need to really, really uh, discuss in any kind of uh, significant term analogy here. Uh, so yeah, you heard what we're talking about there. I, this was, again, this is an episode full of interesting choices, right? So we're in the third chapter, and, and, and Boba Fett is now, just now, choosing to get briefed on the situation in Mos Espa, how... The territory's been divvied up. Um, is that because he was naive when he first killed Bib Fortuna and assumed Jabba's throne, that he just controlled everything? And he's, he's as he as he's spent more time in Mos Espa, he is uh, sort of like, huh, there appears to be more going on here than I thought would be the case. And we talked about this. We talked about how it, it seemed that Bib Fortuna was not the, uh, the, 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 the strong ruler the strong daimyo that Jabba the Hutt was. And, and, and 88 basically confirms that. You know, he didn't have the resources, he didn't have the power, he did not have the influence to maintain the level of control that Jabba did. So he struck a deal. He made bargains. He made truces and, and uh, uh, accords with other families to split Mos Espa. And that's what we're dealing with here. We have, we have the Trendishans, we have the Aqualish, and we have the Klatuinians as the three major powers that, that seem to be controlling Moss Espa. And this comes into play at the end of the episode. So, so let's sort of table that. But again, this is sort of, I, 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 this is one of those storytelling qu uh, choices that I question for this episode. Boba Fett has always been portrayed, and again, it, it's in a, a expanded universe canon as sort of like this this master planner, a guy who's always one or two steps ahead of his opponents, ahead of his prey. And uh, this Boba Fett on the show seems to be a bit more naive as to the power vacuum that existed in Mos Espa 
and that in the in the, in the intervening years since Jabba's death, uh, again, like, we're we're picking up with Boba Fett getting his armor back. It's been five years. We're still covering a lot of time. We don't know how long he was in the Sarlacc, uh, and 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 we don't know we don't know a lot of that timeline. But again, he doesn't get his armor back until the Mandalorian, which we have been told multiple times is roughly five years after Return of the Jedi. So a five-year power vacuum, a five-year power struggle with Moss Espa and Tatooine that Bib Fortuna oversaw and apparently shared power with these other three families. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we... Again, it's a storytelling choice. Boba Fett in a situation, he's a little bit in over his head, and I think that's what they want us to sort of feel as, as he begins to process things, as he starts to kind of figure that out on his own. Like... You know the way the way season two of the Mandalorian ends with him killing Bib and then sitting on the throne. It felt like we we're just supposed to assume that like oh now he's the most powerful gangster on Tatooine in the sector, you know head of a crime family blah blah blah. What they're showing us is is a more complicated sort of rise to power, and and they they are underlining the fact that Boba Fett has no respect. Amongst uh, amongst the other families, he's, he's just sort of like this interloper, uh, a, an attempted usurper, if you will. And uh, obviously, at the end of this episode, he's going to have to come to terms with the other families if they're going to stave off what happens at the end of the episode. Which, as we will get to, and I'm assuming you all have seen at this point, is the Pike Syndicate and their attempt to take control of Tatooine and Mos Eisley, Mos Espa, Mos Eisley by you know by extension. But yeah, the, the the Pike Syndicate moving in to take control of Jabba's old territories. Uh, it, it, again, interesting choices. And I, I like the Pike Syndicate. I am a fan of the Pike Syndicate. Spending more time with the Pikes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm all on board. But I thought it was an interesting decision to have Boba be so naive. And now, in the third chapter, he has to be like, alright, 88, catch me up on what's been going on. And it's it, again, it's a, it's a bit of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch, but I, I can I can go with that one. I can I can make that one work. Uh, what happens next is we get we get uh, uh, the great Stephen Root makes his debut in the Star Wars universe as a watermonger, and he's come to to plead with Boba to to deal with some uh, street toughs, some street urchins, some uh, 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 you know, Utes, if you will, who are causing him problems. They're stealing water. And 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 doing bad things to his business, and 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 uh, and and, and Peel offers to pay you know more tribute and blah 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 if Boba will deal with this these uh, street toughs and 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 handle that. Uh, what happens next is Boba. Uh, he likes the cut of their jib. He likes their moxie, and and Boba Fett, a man with a a burgeoning criminal empire of three subordinates. And I'm not even counting ET8. I'm counting two Gamorans and Venek Shand. <laughs> so, so again, he likes the he likes the Moxie on this street tough, and and uh, he decides he's going to recruit them to his cause. And the Watermonger uh, has no appreciation for that. So let's go ahead and play this that scene as Boba Fett recruits the the, the street gang who ride very fancy floating Vespas, uh, and the Watermonger, played by Stephen Root, being very very upset with this choice. Then you will work for me. You got guts, I'll give you that. You better fight as good as you talk, Dank. 
They stole from me! And you're just going to let them all? What do they owe you? 1,300 credits. For water? 1,300 credits. Give them 500. What? They owe 1,300. I heard you the first time. Take the 500 and consider it resolved. If you want to continue to do business in my territory. If you don't like it, you can move to Mos Eisley. Huh. Fine. And cut your prices. The rest of you gather up your gack, follow me. Alright, so this seems to be another bone of contention amongst... Uh, the fans on social media, the, the the Star Wars devotees on social media. Many of them seem to not like the street gang. Uh, they're weird. I'm not going to lie. Like the, a, a group of, of uh, youths who want to augment themselves with droid parts seems weird, seems random. We don't really know why. We don't know their philosophy. We only know what's, what Stephen Root's character, Lorth Appeal, told us about how it makes them tougher. I don't know. I'm not interested in really uh, uh, severing a limb to get a droid arm, that seems strange to me. But I don't live on Tatooine, so what the hell do I know? Uh, and and I, I think the other side of, of, of it is that, that people don't seem to be liking is this this sort of more... I'm going to go with the word benevolent or, or, or merciful, you know, Boba Fett, than, than maybe what we were expecting. Because, you know, again, he's not... He doesn't show up and kill the street gang. He recruits them. He doesn't... Uh, uh, turn on Lorth Appeal and kill him for, for price gouging. He just, you know, pays him off what he thinks is a fair price and tells him to shut the heck up. Um, and it's, it seems like that has annoyed people as well. Like, that Boba Fett's just not... Yeah, yeah, thus far in the show, Boba Fett really hasn't fired his blaster yet. And and the, the level of violence and mayhem that I think we all sort of expected from the show has not come to pass at this particular time. Uh, you know, Boba Fett... Again, we all believe it to be a man of action, and right now he seems to be more of a man of words. And again, I'm willing to bear this out because what they seem to be trying to tell us that is that Boba Fett went through a transformative experience when he was in the Sarlacc. His near-death experience has changed him and caused him to re-examine his methods and the way he lived his life and the way he conducted his business. So... I'm still waiting to see a little bit more of that, and we have several chapters to go. So I want to see if, if they will kind of dive into that at, at a later date, at the next chapter, at the next installment. Again, we still have four to go. And, and, and maybe we'll get a little bit more clarity on why he is the way that he is. So let's bear with the man as he's attempting conduct, to conduct business in a new manner. Am I out of line for one asking this of, of, of the watching audience? I don't think so. But if you disagree with me, you probably think I'm being a total butt. <laughs> and, and oh, you know, whatever. Agree, disagree. But, but by and large, if you've watched three chapters and, and whether you're sort of on the fence or not, like, you got to finish it out. Like, see where we land. And if by the end, you're not happy, then you're not happy and you can bail out for season two. It, it's, but let's see what this story's going to be. Let's see where we end up, and if we do not end up in a place that we all like and are happy about, we can have that conversation. We really, really can. But, and again, again there's another element to this sort of more, more merciful, benevolent Boba Fett that we'll get to a little bit later 
in this review uh, because again, I, I I have my criticisms with this episode, and and while the the the, the street gang uh, is not my favorite element of it, I'm willing to see where it goes because at the same time as as the episodes or even in last episode, I was like, when is Boba Fett Boba Fett gonna get like some some sort of like uh, uh, muscle together here to to enforce his claims on these territories? Right now it's him and Fennec and two Gamorans. Uh, and and at least now he has like you know a couple of other people to help support his claims and and defend his his stakes in all these businesses and territories, so uh, progress progress. So let's get to the next chapter. I'll play another another little clip here for you. Hang on. The Kentan Striders have already collected protection money for the same territory you lay claim to. You don't have to pay that speed or bike gang. We far outnumber them. The sands have belonged to the Tuscans since the oceans dried. We are happy to do business with either party, but we do not want to be taken advantage of by paying protection to both. I'm sure you understand. I will resolve this. You will not hear from the Nikto Sandriders again. So now we're in our flashback sequence, Boba Fett leaving his tribe of sand people, his Tuscan raiders, uh, his adopted clan, his adopted tribe, to go to Moss Eisley to bargain with the Pikes to pay the Tuscans protection money. You know, if they're going to run run their train through the Tuscan territory, you got to pay the pay the toll, baby. And and that's what Bobo goes to do. Uh, except we uh, are then entered. We as we meet with the Pike, we are told about the Kintan Striders, which is the swoop gang that Boba Fett. Uh, stole the bikes from in in chapter two to do the train robbery, the chain he- the train heist. I guess yeah, heist maybe a strong word, but the the train destruction and 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 theft of of the uh, of the pikes' goods, their spice, their weapons, all that good stuff. But was going to barter and to make peace with the pikes and and figure this whole thing out. And we find out that the pikes are paying protection money to the Kintan Striders already, and uh, the Kintan Striders. While Boba is in Moss Eisley, strike against Boba's adopted clan. This is is my biggest issue with this particular episode, uh, because we went from the highest of highs with with Boba becoming part of this tribe, be, being adopted by the tribe, you know, getting wrapped into the 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 the, the ceremonial the, the the sacred wrappings and, and robes of the Tuscans. Being being part of that clan, building and constructing and, and beveling his own Gadurfi stick, and in this wonderful, beautiful montage, and then and then the 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 firelight sequence at the end, the the dance around the fire, the the the, the tribal ceremony, uh, just so incredible in, in chapter two, and 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 we throw it away in this one with the death of the Tuscans as a consequence of Boba's actions uh, with the train heist and, and with, uh, with coming after the swoop gang at Tashi station, the whole thing, you know, uh, I would imagine this, the swoop gang takes this as a, as a, uh, as an attack against their claim of the territory and against their protection racket for the pikes. And so they lash out and they come after the Tuscans. Uh, this all it, don't get me wrong it makes sense like like it thematically story wise it makes sense I, I but i wish they had played this out 
longer. Like this is this is the sort of taffy that you could have pulled for another episode or two. Um, and 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 again, Boba's indoctrination to this clan and his his time with his clan really could have uh, explored his emotional state a lot more fully if we had gotten to spend more time with them in these flashback sequences. It, it, you know, doing it this way. Uh, it it just sort of becomes pathos. It sort of becomes like empty emotional stakes for the character to to, to spur them forward, without us experiencing the the dramatic loss. Right? Like again, we were at the highest of highs with him and his clan last week, and then it's taken away from us right away. Like th- it, this should have been nurtured. This should have been neutered. Not neutered. Nurtured. We'll stick with nurtured. Uh, you know, again, you don't have to you don't have to play with it for too long. You don't want to spend too much time with this, but you want to kind of cement that relationship that Boba has with the Tuscans, uh, and and to take it away now felt like it was just so early. It was so unearned, and they're they're asking us to to feel something emotional for this, and I think it's honestly too early. The only thing I felt emotionally was I just got gypped. Of, of further exploration of the Tuscan Raiders and their culture and their people and their species and their society. Uh, that's what I'm upset about is I've been, I've been deprived of that exploration. And, and that is what bums me out the most. Again, I know it's, a, I know it's a short season. It's, it's seven episodes. Um, and you know, you didn't have to spend a ton of time again, maybe we, maybe even one more episode, you know, just a, a, another episode to sort of cement, and, and show the bonds that he's forging with these people uh, would, would have gone a long way. You know, we speculated, uh, or I speculated back at, at, in, in the first episode review, that that perhaps the Tuscans would be, there, there'd be some sort of, uh, of incident, some sort of, of, of moment where Boba Fett uh, miscalculates something, and it costs the Tuscans everything, and he has to leave the tribe. Or that, you know, again, go back and listen to it. I mean, we talked about it as... I mean that's just so is it's what for right or wrong it's a storytelling method right like you you motivate your character by the by the loss of something right so the, we knew this was in the realm of possibility for it to happen so quickly uh, was disappointing was disappointing uh, and again I, I mentioned it once more especially after the highs of chapter two one of one of the most phenomenal episodes of Star Wars television I've ever seen. Uh, and then to kind of have the ro- the rug pulled out from under us with this, uh, with the Tuscans in this one, uh, it's 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 uh, it's a real bummer. It's it really bothers me from a storytelling perspective that we that we did it this way. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know how much more I can I can express like this one aspect of the story bothered me the most, uh, upset me the most, and was like, wow, I I I don't think I would have done that. Had I been in charge of the show, or had I been consulted about it, I would think I would have been playing with it for one more episode at least. But again, I, I asterisk marks. We don't know the story. We don't know the full story just yet. Let, like, let's see what happens with the flashbacks. I mean, there is a touch. You know, it is touching when Boba finds the tribe slaughtered, massacred, and and he, the the links he goes to to honor their deaths by, by, by observing their, their, their rituals and their, 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 um, ceremony, funeral, ceremonial funeral rites. 
I mean, that that that's still important. That's still good stuff. Uh, I just, I just, again, I wish it had gotten to last a little bit longer. I wish we had gotten to see that bond uh, form a bit more deeply before the Tuscans were, were, were taken from us in this way. Because, I, again, I did sort of suspect that this might be the route they went. But I also thought this might be the route that they went to sort of show the trajectory for the character, to show Boba Fett on this path. Like, you know, he's sort of self-discovering, right? Like, he's sort of trying to figure out who he's going to be uh, in in his, uh, uh, you know, new life, in his sort of, like, rebirth period after after being reborn from the Sarlacc, right? Um and now he'd be, you know, he'd rise to be daimyo to be a sort of an advocate for the Sand People, for the Tuscan Raiders. Uh, I don't know if that's the case anymore, and I, I still have a lot of questions. I still have a lot of, of, um, I, I don't know. And yeah, yeah, again, we don't know the full story just yet. We will reevaluate uh, as we go further into the, into the show. The other interesting choice, the and and again, per I would have done this differently. Had it been me, in, uh, if they had asked me, which, why would they? Um, you're, you're getting these flashback sequences when, when Boba, in the present time, is in the back of the tank. He's in his chamber. He's healing from, from various injuries, various wounds. And uh, at this point, I suspect we are so, supposed to just believe that it's, it's, it's still recovering from the time in the Sarlacc from the, the digestive juices that, that, that soaked into his body over, over in, in, indeterminate amount of time uh even though i think there's i still think there's more going on there than, than we've been led to believe but 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 you know we'll get there we'll get there uh, i think the other thing i would have done if you wanted to structure this episode the way it was is i would have had boba's flashback sequence interrupted as he's coming back from moss eisley on the bantha and he sees the smoke on the horizon that to me is the moment that he should be ripped out of the back of the chamber by a black chrysanthemum and, and, and then thrown into the fight. It's a little too convenient that he gets to finish his flashback and then black chrysanthemum rips him out of the back of the chamber. Now, granted, the way in which it was shot, the way in which it was presented uh, with the view up of black chrysanthemum in his face, yanking him out of the, out of the back of the tank, pretty awesome. Uh, but very convenient in the way in which it was it was done as far as like, well, I finished my flashback. I guess now's a good time to get pulled out of the back to tank. <laughs> so, uh, and then you get some good fisticuffs, some, some good action here. But my other criticism of this episode, like I get it. It's Star Wars. It's Disney. And Disney is very much played up the the angle that Star Wars is for families and it's family friendly. But you have your main character, Boba Fett, an anti-hero. An anti-hero, at best. Uh, engaged in, in, in fisticuffs, in Mortal Kombat, with a massively oversized Wookiee, like Black Chrysanthemum. And, and you have, you have uh, vibro knuckle blades, and you have uh, a biting going on, and there's not a lick of blood anywhere in this battle. And I was a little distraught by that. Boba Fett shows no wear and tear. He shows no signs of having been almost killed by Black Crescenton. And I was a bit upset about this. Uh, it, it seemed a bit... I don't know. 
that element alone seemed a bit too family friendly for me. Too much of like Disney being like Star Wars is for everyone. We can't have blood on the show. I don't like that. I'm not crazy about that aspect of it. I'm okay. Again, I get it. Star Wars is for everyone. I'm okay with that. But I mean, a little bit of blood, a little bit of, of showing like some kind of battle damage on these characters, you know, a black eye, some bruising, like something like, like tell me, show me that they were in, in, in peril. They were in danger. They were in, in the vices of death. And, and, and you put more emotional impact into that, that sequence. But at the end of his battle with Black Crescenti, he's just fine. He got his hand bitten. He almost got crushed. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with him. Like he should have broken ribs, a broken sternum, uh, something. Uh, and let alone his hand that got bitten by Black Crescenti. Nothing. Nothing's going there. I get it. He has a back to tank. But I don't know. I think you make both that a more a more relatable, a more humanistic character. If you show him taking that abuse, if you show him taking that damage and stepping up and coming and, and getting back on his feet and getting back into the battle, Marvel, uh, I'm sorry, Disney owns Marvel. These characters are beaten and bruised and battered constantly. And, and it, it, it works just fine. It works just fine. It works great because we, it, it, it conveys a sense of danger. It shows a, a sense of, of consequence and scale and, and, uh, I wish Star Wars were to do that more. And, and again, we're three episodes into this, and other than a, a missile in the first episode, Boba Fett hasn't fired a shot at anybody. He gets in the fisticuffs here, and he, he does some damage on Black Crescenton with his Gaddafi, um, excuse me, his Gaddafi. But, again, no blood, no nothing, no anything. And I'm not asking for Star Wars to be a gore fest. But, I mean, be a little bit realistic. My goodness, my goodness. Uh, so this is when his his newly hired Swoopyang comes in to save him. The Gamorians get involved. They come to his aid. It, it's a really good battle. It's really really enjoyable. What I thought was most interesting was was the character who showed up at the last moment, to sort of save the day, and and to drop Black Crescenton down the trap into the empty Rancor pit, is Fennec Shand. Where was Fennec Shand during all this? How did Black Crescenton get into the palace? Is Fennec Shand setting Boba Fett up for failure? She seems to be very, um, well, very is a strong word, but she seems to be sort of disagreeing with Boba's tactics, with Boba's philosophy on ruling out of respect and not fear. Uh, I mean, I'm sure she's profiting by some extent and she owes Boba for her life. But, I mean, Fennec Shand is a character who's still a bit of an enigma to us. And... The, the notion that she could possibly be the one betraying Boba Fett to the Pikes or to, you know, Mok Shiez or, or even to, like, the twins at the time. I mean, that's a very real possibility. Because, again, you have to ask, how did Black Chrysanthemum get into the palace? And with, with seeming relative ease. Uh, and and, and Fennec Shan is the last one to arrive on the scene. Now, again, this could be an intentional misdirect. Because I don't want to see Ming-Na Wen betray Boba Fett. I love Ming-Na Wen. I want to go to a dinner party hosted by Ming-Na Wen. So, please stay on the show. <laughs> so, and don't betray Boba Fett because that would upset me in a very deep emotional sort of way. But the question must be asked. How did Black Crescenton gain such easy access to the palace, to Boba Fett's private chamber, and, and be able to yank him out of that, that back to chamber? 
And again, that's another element that seems to be having people very, very upset is that Boba Fett is not a very capable fighter without his armor. I, I mean, Boba Fett's an old man. I don't know what I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, it's, he's older than Han Solo, and like him and Han Solo have been principal rivals for a very, very long time. So, I mean, guess we'll, I guess we'll shake that out. Well, like, again, bear with us. Let's see what happens. I still think there's some sort of long-term injury that Boba Fett has that we have not addressed just yet. Let's see where the show goes. I may be wrong about that. We will examine that as the time comes. Uh, and then, then the next scene is like a very weird, you know, after Black Crescenton has been, been been trapped in the Rancor pit, the empty Rancor pit, uh, it's Boba and Fennec at like a massive dinner table with way too much food going on. And Fennec being very casual about another assassination attempt against like a, her boss, boss slash partner, right? Way too casual. So I, I, I th- that all strikes me as very, very interesting. I, I'm curious if, if, if Fennec is, is double dealing. Uh, we, we, we'll have to see how that shakes out. Uh, but this gets us to the next big pivotal moment of the episode where everything sort of turns, uh, where everything we thought was going to be going on is actually changing again. Uh, and that is a confrontation as, as the twins on their litter come up to Jabba's palace uh, to... to Make amends and 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 uh, uh, sort of go with good graces. Again, I, I'll just stick with make amends. They make, go to make amends with Boba, and and announce their their decision to leave Tatooine because there is another conflict coming that they do not want to be involved in. And we're gonna talk about that uh, after this. I need to respond. Everyone is watching. Waiting for me to make the next move. Have some food. I have to send a message. You already did. They sent Chrysanthemum to kill you, and now he's locked up in your dungeon. I say, you wait for them to show their hand. These are huts. Waiting will only give them another opportunity to strike again. Pardon the interruption, master. What is it? The twins are here. They have brought a gift. So the meeting with the twins occurs. They're apologetic. They're, they're making good uh, against their, their attempt to assassinate Boba Fett. Uh, they apologize for sending Black Chrysanthemum. Uh, they, they offer a gift of a rancor in our introduction to Danny Trejo himself as a, as a new uh, rancor pitmaster. And... and the the twins are explaining why they are pulling back from their attempt to claim Jabba's territories. They never outright say what exactly is going on, but they say there's been another claim. They've made a horrible mistake. Uh, they apologize to Boba Fett, but they're leaving. They're going back to Nalhada. Now, I sort of had to wonder, because again, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that I'm reading the Star Wars comics and all the books. And, uh, you know, in, in the comics... Pre, Pre-Return of the Jedi, there's a massive event against the Huts. The, the, this, the death of the Hut Council at the hands of Darth Vader, uh, leaving Jabba as, as, as the, 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 pretty much the sole figurehead, the, the, the running all of, all of Hut territory from Tatooine. Um, and now, after Jabba's death, you sort of wonder, are they still in disarray? Is there not a Hut Council? These twins seem to be trying to assume and amass power 
but we don't don't really know the situation with the huts uh, even five years after Jabba's death. So you have to wonder. You have to assume they're still in a bit of disarray. And so the idea of engaging in a war with another syndicate who has a claim on the territory is not of interest to them. They say it's bad business and things like that. They also uh, offer, as tribute to Boba Fett, the the, the life of Black Chrysanthemum. You know, they're a prisoner. The Gamorrean guards trot him out. Uh, it's Boba's attempt to return him to them. And they say, hey, you can sell him back to the gladiators for all we care. We don't give a gosh darn. Do whatever you want. And then they leave. But they never say what syndicate is 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 as also has a claim, which is another indication that like, and again, I'm I'm sure it's it's for the 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 sake of the story for the narrative's purposes, but it's a little simplistic, and, and you know we've sort of talked about that with Favreau in the past, even into the Mandalorian where things are a little bit too easy. Like it seems like, you know, a couple questions would would solve a lot more problems, but Boba doesn't ask the question. We we have to wait till we like our big dramatic reveal at the end of the episode. Um, and and again, that's the storytelling choice. Uh, it's not my favorite choice, uh, but but it it is what it is, and and we roll with those punches as 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 uh, as fans of the of the story. And again, you can criticize that it, that is complete within your rights, and I will, will agree with you on that aspect of it. Like, why doesn't Boba say, "Well, what other syndicate? Like, why are you leaving? Who do you not want to engage in a war with?" These are questions that Boba should be asking to the Huts before they leave, um, but it is what it is. And again, I'm sure it's for the for the dramatic purposes of the reveal at the end of the episode, which, if you're connecting the dots, is not that dramatic of a re- reveal. So I don't. Again, I don't know why they just don't say it, but we'll talk about that at the end. Uh, so what we get next is is um, you know Fennec. Makes a comment. She's very impressed by the gift, and we—it's a callback to the last episode. How like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we had a rancor in here? Well, now they get a rancor in there, and it's a—it's a—it's a a calf that 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 Denny Trejo's uh, uh, pit master, beast master character has, uh, you know, been saving since birth, basically, and and training since birth, and now he wants to, you know, raise him up, and he's going to be Boba's pit master, basically, and 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 Boba is uh, in, in in in. entranced by the creature he's fascinated by it he loves it he he strokes it by the ear he sort of begins to bond with it and and danny treo's character informs us that he has these these blinders over his eyes uh because like the first person that he sees the first being that he sees will imprint on him and they will bond uh and 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 boba expressing as a desire to learn how to you know ride a rancor uh one you know gets to gets to bond with the creature the most now riding a rancor is pretty badass. Uh, Danny Trejo makes reference to the Witches of Dathomir riding rancors, which which goes back to old EU canon. Uh, and Boba Fett makes reference to riding creatures even bigger than a rancor. And you have to wonder, well, where's that? You know, what exactly is he referencing? You know, the, obviously the Mythosaurs are a big deal in, in Mandalorian culture, but supposedly they are long extinct in Boba Fett's era. So you have to wonder, is he is he talking about? The 1978 holiday special, when 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 Boba's riding that creature on that weird planet, right? I forget the name of the creature. I, it, it, is, it escapes me at this moment. But he's riding a big, dull, big old, big old creature out of that sea when he when he's talking to Boba Fett. Or, excuse me, when he's talking to Luke Skywalker and calling him my friend every five seconds. 
Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm curious if that is the reference. Another reference to the Star Wars Holiday Special. I mean, again, that is where the Am and Phase Pulse Blaster came from. So why why not refer to that character or to that creature uh, as, as bigger than the Rancor? And now we get the and, and now we are definitely 100% foreshadowing Boba Fett riding a Rancor, which is pretty badass. And if you are a fan of the comic books, uh, let's go to let's go to IDW uh, Star Wars: The High Republic issue number six, the cover of Jedi Master Avar Chris riding a Rancor, and and I mean it's a very evocative image. And, like, listen, if the season finale is Boba Fett riding a rancor through the streets of Moss Espa to, to, to dispatch whoever's allied against him, I'm not going to be mad at it at all. Um, and I like the scene. I like, I, honestly, I, really, I like the scene of Boba bonding with the rancor, of him getting connected to this creature, of, of him uh, sort of, again, another, another sort of moment where he's sort of humanizing himself as he bonds with this creature who... Uh, you know, in his perception, in his limited time around Rancors from Jabba's palace, just thought they were bred for fighting and killing and eating uh, people that upset Jabba. But no, no, no. The creatures are more, far more complicated. They're, they're emotional. They're, uh, um, they, they, they bond with, with, with uh, other beings. And I, again, I'm. These are all things I'm on board for. This is all stuff I'm really excited about. So I mean, let's see where it goes. But yeah, I mean, again, if if we don't see Boba Fett riding. That rancor through the streets of Mos Espa in in episode seven, or you know, assuming that's the finale, uh, then then uh, then we've read that whole scene completely wrong. But I really really liked it, and then it 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 is interrupted at the end uh, by eight D eight who comes in to say like, well, guess what, um, Mayor uh, Machiez is not going to meet with you. Uh, sorry about that, and Boba's he's not going to deal with that that garbage. So they roll into Mos Espa. He takes his uh, Vespa gang with him. Uh, to confront the mayor of Moss Espa. They meet with the Major Domo once again, who who tries to put them off, tries to put them off, goes into the mayor's chambers, locks the door, blah, 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 and then attempts to run away in a speeder bike. We get a high a quote-unquote high-speed chase through the streets of Moss Espa. Let me address this scene with you all for a moment. I've watched this episode three times now. The first time I saw it, on 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 uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night at like twelve thirty or whatever it was, when I was watching the show, I didn't think it looked very good. And that could be for a ton of reasons. Again, it's it's a, it's a show, not a movie. You know, as as many, as many millions of dollars as Disney's putting into this series, like the these episodes do have a budget per episode. All right, you got to stick within that. So there are probably some limitations. That being said, when I watched it the next. Uh, the following morning, uh, later in the you know a little bit later, I, I had gotten some sleep. I watched it on my lunch break. It looked better to me, and maybe it's because I was a little bit more familiar with with what I was seeing. I was, I was a bit of accustomed. And again, let's think about the limitations here. All right, they, it's it's a lot of twists and turns through the streets of Moss Espa here. It, it's hard to really go super super fast. You know, you're not going to get like the the straight ahead speeder bikes on Endor that you're accustomed to. This is a little bit more plotting, a little bit more methodical because they're hanging hard rights and hard lefts and they're, they're skittering through traffic and they're, they're, you know, trying to avoid protocol droids and, and, uh, Biff's in, 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 uh, in, uh, 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 what's the word I'm thinking of? I can't think of it right now. (laughs) 
you know, in those sort of, those sort of like carriages, you know, that are being pulled by the droid. Uh, oh, oh, it's going to annoy me, and, and I'll think of it five seconds after the podcast is over. But you know what I mean. So I, I, th- I think it plays, I think it plays better on the second viewing as you're a little bit more familiar with what you're getting ready to see. Yes, there are some limitations with with the CGI, with the budgets, with the computer, you know, the whole effects scenario. I get that. I understand. Bear with it. It's a show. It's not a movie. Again, there's a budget for these things. You know, you, they, they probably spent more money in Chapter 2 for the train sequence than they did on this. You, you got to give them a, 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 a little bit of a, a little bit leeway here, all right? You know, give them, give them, I don't, I don't want to say give them a pass, but, you know, understand there are limitations. There, there are restrictions episode by episode. And, you know, maybe they had to save a little bit of coin because they have a big effect coming up. In, in the finale, and it's like, oh, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of cut this down a little bit here. We'll, 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 you know, pinch some pennies here. Whether you agree or disagree with that, that, that is up to you 100%, but I'm just saying, bear with it. Let's see what happens. Let's see how it shakes out. Uh, and then ultimately, we get to the major, the quote-unquote major revelation for the episode, which is that Mayor Machias of Mos Espa is in alignment, is in agreement, is bartering a deal with the Pike Syndicate, who has now been heavily hinted at for the past two episodes as being a major player, majorly interested in Tatooine. And and uh, and Boba sends his men and confirms this as a bunch more Pikes arrive on Tatooine, arrive in Mos Aspa, and uh, the sort of preparations for war against the Pike Syndicate begin. So the episode, by and large, is, is, a, is a fair amount of table-setting uh, I, I I don't agree with the sort the sort of table clearing methodology they used to to wipe the Tuscan storyline away. I'm I'm curious to see where that goes next. Boba Fett on the on the on the dunes on the dune sea with the lone Bantha. Um, I mean, does he go and pursue Cobb Vanth right away? Is is there more to this story? Does he come after that gang, the uh, the the Kintan Striders? Does he take care of them before he goes after after getting his armor back? I, I suspect we'll find out. Uh, I speculated earlier in the season that maybe we would get some episodes with flashbacks for Fennec Shand. That doesn't appear to be the case at all, and I guess that bears merit bears some 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 merit because again, it's called the Book of Boba Fett, not the Book of Fennec Shand. So, all right, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's still. What again? If 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 my information holds and it's seven episodes, we still got you know four to go. We're we're doing okay. Let's see where the story goes. This episode has some ups and downs. They made some choices that I didn't agree with personally, but let's see how it pans out at the end. Let's see where the end game is. Let's see how it shakes out, and then we can reevaluate and we can we can criticize. And and again, I I uh, I ask humbly. That if you don't like this episode, if you want to blast this episode, by all means, that is your business. You can do that a thousand percent. But what I want, what I, what I do ask, is that you remember that John Favreau is just as culpable as Robert Rodriguez. And 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 please keep that in mind. You know, don't just blast Robert, blast John. It, it's his script. It was his story. You know, if you're just mad because you didn't like the look of something, I guess you can come after Robert for that. Um, but that again, that's that's your business, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna begrudge you that. Again, you, you your opinion is your opinion, and you are one thousand percent entitled to it. 
All right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't exactly know how I feel about this episode, especially after the highs of last week's episode. I, my my rating sort seems to be hovering somewhere between six and a half to seven on this on this episode. Uh, and, and again, maybe I'm looking. It, it's a little hard. I'm trying to be as objective as I can. But I loved the, chapter two so so much. Uh, this is, this one was a bit of a letdown. I was really bummed that they 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 ended the, the Tuscan storyline so early. Uh, but I, I still want to see if those flashback sequences will will at some point underline and highlight Boba's motivations for becoming the daimyo of Tatooine. I'm still waiting for that because I want to know. I want to know, like, what spurred him to this this course of action? What spurred him to this, this decision? Uh, I also want to know if, if they're going to show like why in the finale of Mandalorian season two after he drops them off he just leaves. Like, did he have business back on Tatooine he needed to get to? I don't know. Uh, again, uh, there's still questions, but let, let, let's see where the show goes. Let's see what happens. Let's try to be good Star Wars fans and not just rip them a new one before we know the end game. So yeah, I'll, I'll stick to somewhere between six and a half and seven is, is where I probably land on this episode. I, the, the, the Swoop King doesn't annoy me as much as, as it does some people. Uh, again, I, they, they are super like super hover Vespas. Uh, and, and again, they don't kind of go with like the grit, the, uh, used in, lived in grimy sort of universe that Star Wars is, but I suppose I could write that off to being like kids who are just like super protective of like the, the few things they own in life. And again, they must be doing something if they're, if they're acquiring droid parts to put in their bodies, maybe that'll get explored more fully. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So that is our review. Chapter three, the streets of Mos Espa. Uh, the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Again, once again, directed by Robert Rodriguez, written by John Favreau. Good stuff. All right. Hey, by the way, if you are a fan of this podcast and you're enjoying what I'm doing, what I'm, what I, the content I am providing, uh, and if you have the means and are interested, by 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 all means, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Mandovision. You can become a Mandovision maniac and support the show, you will gain access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bayho, Jeff Nail, Jeff Coe, the Ringineer, a great music podcast. Please check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker, Holly Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company, here in San Diego and Baltimore, Maryland, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, The Silent Assassin, He Who Shall Not Be Named, and Syndicate Ram, co-host of the Come On Is So Good podcast, a show that we are very, very good friends with. So please check them out. And I thank you all for the support. Patreons, non-Patreons, if you're here, you're supporting the show, and that means the world to me. Uh, remember, we are on social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter, Instagram. You can email the show mandovisiontom, gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing, following the show, with all the Mandalorians in your covert and the people who owe you life debts. Please, please, please remind them of that too. And again, one more time, if you have the, the time and the inclination, five-star reviews, they help us out so, so tremendously. Thank you in advance for that. All right, Bucketheads, we love you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. Uh, ho- hope you enjoyed Chapter 3. Again, there there's some things to criticize, some things to talk about, but by and large... I'm, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm not watching next week, so <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. 
our, we, we thank our, our Lord and Savior, Boba Fett, and, and the, the other Mandalorians, the Mandalore himself, perhaps, and, and the Darksaber. We will be, <laughs> we'll be back very, very soon with another Star Wars The Clone Wars rewatch and Chapter 4 of the Book of Boba Fett. Thanks for being here. All right, Bucketheads, you know this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession.